I'm beyond emotions. But wait, the most chilling is yet to come. Open this door. Open it now. Get away from that equipment. Shut this stuff down. Stop. This is my experiment. Your unauthorized experiment. I ordered funding suspended weeks ago. You can't stop it now. My wife is in there. Open it. It's her only chance. I have every legal right to use it or not use it as I see fit. I say this project ends now. No! Stay away from her. Murderer. Victor. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. It doesn't have to come to this. We can talk. Oh. Oh. Get out! Get out! Nora! Nora! My God. Yes. It would move me to tears if I still had tears to shed. The snow is beautiful, don't you think? Uncompromising and cold, like the swift hand of spoilers. Yeah! <clears throat> Excuse me. The snow is beautiful, don't you think? Clean, uncompromising, and cold, like the swift hand of vengeance. This is Mr. Freeze spoilers. It's going to be a pretty cool pod. Don't um, get, God damn it. Don't you fucking dare start. Me and Kylo are going to bring you some cold, hard facts about Mr. Freeze. I'm out. <laughs> All right, peace. Take it away, spoiler man. <laughs> Come on now. Kylo, thanks for joining me. It's just us two. Kylo, where are you recording tonight? And what is your favorite Batman villain? Hi, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Thank you for putting this uh, quick two-man pod together, Josh. This is going to be fun. Uh, Favorite Batman villain? Uh, I have a hot take on this one. I like... A guy called the Joker. He's kind of like Ooh. underground. Not that many people know about him. You got to be a real comic fan to know about this guy, you know? He's the clown man guy. You might have seen him. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it really is the Joker, though. I think, you know, the Joker is the most exciting villain to see in any Batman media, with the exception of the Batman starring Robert Pattinson, in which case he's not welcome at all. <laughs> that deleted scene is horseshit, by the way. <laughs> You're not sure he's one, huh? You think they deserved it, huh? You think they deserved it? <laughs> uh, but he's uh, he's really cool and funny. To me, like it started out as like him being funny when I was a kid, and I saw Batman '89, and I was like, this guy's great. Like he's like jumping up and down and laughing while he like does like the 
palm electrocution <laughs> handshake gag on people and he actually like fries them out. Mark Hamill as the Joker in the animated series is really fucking cool too because he does some crazy shit, but he's like having a good time the whole time. And I really like that. You know, it's one thing to be like totally diabolical and evil and, you know, like very sinister and serious, but it's another thing to be just be like really cutting loose, doing what you love. And that happens to involve like mass murder and pranks. Like, that's cool. Just doing what you love. Trying to get paid to do what you love. That's what podcasting is too, right? Yeah, without the paid part. Hey, no. <laughs> the Joker has a cool look, though, in a lot of like the more modern comics. I think it's cool that they made him like kind of scary and edgy in some cases. Uh, the way the Joker is drawn in modern depictions is often like pretty fucking legit. Pretty freaky. In the Black Mirror, I like the way he's depicted in the Black Mirror, which is kind of a modern-ish New 52 comic. Uh, which, you know, we'll talk about some New 52 comics later. For sure. We're going to talk about a lot of Mr. Freeze media tonight, and we'll get into it in a second. But I'm Josh from Goshen. I'm hosting tonight. I was kind of, I have two kind of cheap answers. One, not to pull a Brett or anything, but one is just Mr. Freeze. I love learning a lot about him in the really? last couple of days. Just just because he's fresh on my mind. I didn't necessarily know all the little details and changes in his backstory that we'll go over. Does Is he covered in cheese, Kylo? Of course he is. But I, I Sometimes. Think I, <laughs> my favorite Batman villain, hear me out on this one, Corey, is Batman, like himself. Like when he's in his mental throes and depression and in a dark place, that kind of works the best for me does that even make sense as an answer is that cheat cheating that's the most josh shit i've ever heard in my life <laughs> Jeez, damn. <laughs> nothing against it but i should have anticipated you saying that like i should have written it down taken a picture and and then like texted it to you as soon as you said it <laughs> so that's two times tonight you've like hey here's an here's an insult but no offense bro <laughs> i'm sorry it's just come on that's not an insult but like I know you like to think of like these um these like non answers <laughs> to shit. Nah. No. Okay. It's all good. Yeah, he's at war with himself, man. Kylo, you know who Matt Reeves is. Yeah, good friend of mine. Tell the audience maybe who Matt Reeves is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt Reeves is the guy that brought us the um, the Planet of the Apes reboot movies. So that's kind of like where he got off the ground in terms of like mainstream notoriety. He is a director. You know, there's the uh, old Planet of the Apes movies from the 60s and 70s. And then you got the Tim Burton modern era one, which was really bad. And then they rebooted it again with the Andy Serkis in the lead of Caesar. Matt Reeves did those movies. But more recently, he did The Batman. He directed it, and I think he wrote it. Yes, Robert Pattinson's in it. My favorite actor, Robert Pattinson, is in it, so that's pretty awesome. Um, It's a movie that we reviewed kind of recently with a special guest. It was a good time. That was episode 400. And that leads into, I think, kind of why we're doing this podcast. Matt Reeves, in an interview a few months ago, said he would like to do a grounded version of Freeze and maybe like Freeze versus Robert Pattinson's Batman. 
I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Do you, Kylo? Like, that was a couple months ago when we kind of started getting this idea for the pod. But basically, we did a deep dive on Mr. Freeze and his first appearances and what he's kind of like over the course of Batman history. But anything you you want to wrap up, Kylo, with kind of why we did this pod and projecting freeze into the future well i I mean i just want to know from your perspective actually so i'm going to kind of send it back your way because i'm very actually interested what would you think about seeing a grounded version of mr freeze knowing everything you know now in the next the batman movie digging through all of the media that freeze is in there's not many grounded things he does. <laughs> right. That's kind of my thought exactly. Like, how can you have that? You know, like, I couldn't imagine it in the Nolan movies. And yeah. the Matt Reeves Batman movies are even more serious and more grounded in reality than yeah. the Nolan movies. Maybe that's kind of why he said that quote, because just how much of a challenge it would be for that character or something. And maybe it's kind of a nod at the audience, but... I think I'll tease a little bit at the very end of this podcast. We're going to go over a really cool comic that you pointed out to me today. Um, what is that called again? First, first snow. And it's part of the night of owls volume. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I mentioned to you earlier. It's a good one. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later, but I will just say it has maybe some of the most grounded stuff. If there's anything really grounded, it's probably from that material. So that particular comic that we're going to talk about, Josh, is going to be at the end, which, as I understand, is for the patrons only. Is that right? We're going to split this pod into two parts. The beginning, we're going to go over the old stuff. And I think there's it's really meaty. There's no lack of details in here, right, Corey? As you were teasing me about pre-pods. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do the old stuff. And then after the break... Uh, that'll just be the end of the episode for all our free listeners. And then they'll go into the more modern stuff for Patreon members. Then this should be a fun episode, no matter how you're listening. But Kylo, are you ready to get into the old stuff? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeze Origins, or should I call him Mr. Zero? The ice crimes of Mr. Zero. Or should I call him Bad Mr. Frosty? <laughs> yes, you should. Uh, what does that get? Clay fighters? Clay fighter, yeah. bro. <laughs> Legendary. So this is Mr. Freeze's first appearance. By all accounts, it is Mr. Freeze, although he goes by Mr. Zero in this. Um, I don't want to get too bogged down in the details of the, his very first first appearance. I got a couple notes here, Kylo, but um, you said you looked at it but weren't able to read it. Is that correct? That's true. I can't read, Josh. You outed me on a podcast. <laughs> no, like you couldn't read it because it was so lame to you. Yeah. So what year was this comic from, Josh? 59, 1959. Okay. So let me explain. We're talking about a comic, Batman with Rob and the Boy Wonder from 1959 called The Crimes of Mr. Zero. Now, this is noteworthy because Mr. Freeze is introduced in this comic. And that's pretty fucking cool. But I really do not like reading comics from this era. Like, I try to avoid it if at all possible. The only reason I've ever really gone back and done it is because I want to, like, fully understand continuity in long-running comics like X-Men. And that was a fucking chore. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. 
Like I'll just like get <laughs> caught up through context clues and shit. Like I don't want, I hate these old style comics. I think this is technically considered silver age. I get golden age and silver age kind of mixed up. I don't know the exact year cut yeah, off. I don't know. But this is an old fucking comic and it's, I mean, you read through it, Josh. Is it, would you say this is a good comic book? Would you give this to someone and be like, read this. This is a good comic. I was interested as a amateur historian only. I thought it was really cool to see just what the writers threw on the page the first time they had this character and to kind of have those notes later as we went through more media like the animated series and the Adam West stuff like to see what plot points they picked out because they did. You mean stuff that mirrors the uh, original introduction, Mr. Zero, whatever, Mr. Freeze with the Adam West series? Yeah, so check this out. There's a couple like little parallels that run through everything. Starting from the very beginning, Freeze always had like this hot, cold switch. He could do like both. And I think they slowly kind of focused more and more on the cold as they went on. There's this line of a princess having a diamond <laughs> that kind of repeats itself. Yeah. So he's still still in diamonds in the original comic book. Like that's his uh that's his MO, like to get diamonds. Yeah, and they even call it ice from the very beginning. Like, Freeze wants ice because ice is diamonds and they got to go for the puns. Because he just wants to be, like, true to his, like, gimmick. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But they, like, they, like, they really riff on that in a funny way, I thought, in some of the modern stuff. But one other line is that Freeze always has three thugs. So we'll see that later on as we get through other plots. But okay. Quick couple yeah. notes I want to give you, Kylo, and then you can react. The number to this. of thugs. You got to maintain continuity. You know, like <laughs> the old days, like the comic hardcore guys were like, he always had three thugs. You got to make sure he has three. <laughs> like, what? Who cares? Well, in the animated series, he has four. And I was like, I wrote that down really quick. I was like, shit, this dude, he has four in this one. And then one of them gets left behind, much like in this comic. So then he has three again. Good Lord. I love it. I love that stuff. Qu- couple quick notes. Mr. Freeze's weapon in th- in this 1959 comic is like a tea brass tea kettle pot with two spouts. It's like one, a watering pot, right? One hot and one cold. It's so funny. Yeah. I I saw, you know, I skimmed through it and I saw his like little stupid ass fucking gun. And like it it's not <laughs> it's so like non-threatening, right? Like small. I mean, his whole his whole design is pretty fucking lame in the original. Like his color scheme, like he looks like a like a little leprechaun guy or something. How would you describe his look in the original comic? What would you compare him to? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd compare him to awesome. Bald, I don't know. Big forehead. He kind of looks like he does in the Adam West series, if you have an image of that guy, to be honest. Like the helmet, the glass helmet is something they've kept always. Yeah. A couple qu- quick other notes. The origin story in this one, it's, it is an accident that causes him to like not be able to be in normal human temperatures, but it's not Batman's fault. And actually, at the end of this, Mr. Zero gets a steam bath and it actually heals his condition. So... Oh this shit, is a, really? Yeah, this is a self-contained bottle episode where Freeze is actually healed and can just be a normal human at the end. Damn, in and out, right? Like 
here he is. There he goes. Like, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Zero. <laughs> we'll see you next time when you're Mr. Freeze. Wow. He gets healed in one issue. Yeah. I, that was pretty shocking. And the fact that it was a steam bath, like, he never would have tried that. Like, a, just a regular fucking steam bath? <laughs> I think Batman, like, crosses his lines and gets the cold and hot, like, hitting each other. And so it's a pretty intense steam bath, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, these old comics, I tell you what. They got better, though. That's that's what's great about comics is they get better. They do. One thing that's like always been a personal complaint of mine, and this is just like a personal taste thing. Some people like absolutely worship this, but it's the art style. Like, I really don't like old comic art style. Like, I, I don't really like much comic art until like the 80s, really. And then, I mean, even then, I still prefer like 2000s and above. But this old art style is just a little off-putting to me. It's weird because like I appreciate comics. I'm not a comic guru by any means. You know, I like them. I've read some and I prefer some to others, definitely. I've read a few Batman books here and there. The ones I've read, I mostly like. But um, I don't know if I would have stuck with this. Well, for research for this pod, I only had to read like this 12-page Crimes of Mr. Zero or whatever. But speaking of petty crimes of Mr. Freeze, let's get into the Adam West Season 1, Episode 7, Batman. The series started in 66. The episode we are talking about, Instant Freeze, was released in 67. And this is Freeze's first appearance. This is his first appearance on television as Mr. Freeze. I mean, but this is Mr. Freeze proper because that's his name. Yes. Well. So this is really the first Mr. Freeze, I believe. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Doesn't he call him Dr. Sh- Schimmel? Wunderbar, wunderbar. Tell Batman when he arrives, if he arrives, what happened. Tell him yourself, Dr. Schimmel. Alias, Mr. Freeze. Like, I think he has a real name in this, but they call him Freeze. Yes, but later his, like, real, like, Christian name is Freeze, spelled F-R-I-E-S. That's in the animated series and the Night of Owls. His he's like Doctor Fries. 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 Yeah. yeah. Large fries. <laughs> fries. But they, it's just pronounced freeze. Yeah. Yeah. But here, at least in Adam West, he is Mister Freeze proper. So we do get that. Yeah. How much Adam West Batman have you watched, Josh? All of it, dude. It's in my subconscious. It's kind of. It felt like watching this somewhat new when I went and rewatched these two episodes we're going to talk about, but. How about you, man? Like seeing this, like the opening cartoon, bam, pow, wham. I watched the crap out of these reruns when I was a kid. Uh, No, I didn't really watch this show. I mean, I've seen it here and there, but I I never really liked it. Um, I grew up with Batman 89, as I've talked about many times on many different pods. But for those that don't know, uh, it was one of my first in theater experiences Became a very quick favorite of mine. I still really like that movie a lot. But when I was a kid, I remember going to the video rental store. And, you know, I I watched Batman 89, Batman Returns when it came out. But I saw another Batman movie on the shelf. It's the wrong order. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the Adam West Batman movie. Yeah, I've seen it. And 
That was really my introduction. All the villains are on like a speedboat at the end of it. <laughs> it's really funny. At the time, I remember thinking it was like, okay, but like it wasn't really something I ever wanted to see again. I was just like, holy shit, there's another Batman movie. I was expecting kind of like Tim Burton, you know, big studio quality movie when I picked that up. And then uh, I've seen a little bit of the show, but not a lot. I really, for the most part, don't like the show. Dang, I thought you'd have more nostalgia for it. So that's a little disappointing to hear. I mean, look, I can understand why people like it because it's like so bad, it's good. But I don't think anyone sits down and watches this and like, yeah, this is this is fucking quality right here. It's stupid. Over the course of my life, this was my first introduction to Batman. And I liked it. I love the dynamic duo. I love the capers. I even love the action sequences, believe it or not. Mm. And, but that left the door open for like future iterations to kind of like blow my mind a little bit. And it's the same thing with the comic today. I really wanted to read that 59 comic because it's his first appearance ever. And you were against it, but I read it anyway. And then I read Night of Owls and it was just like... Like how far we've come in quality, you know? I guess. But I think on the face of it, when I think of a comic book... I really do think of like this old stuff. Like this feels comic-y. That new stuff feels more edgy. I would almost describe it as like a graphic novel or something when it when the storytelling's like that good. Yeah, I mean those terms have always been interchangeable to me anyway. But like when I think of comic books, I think of like, you know, quality storytelling for the most part, which is probably why I don't like that old shit. It's it's pretty silly. You know, it's clearly like made for littler kids. I think at some point like comic book writers started like evolving the writing material to grow with the audience. So then it kind of just became for like teens and adults at some point, you know? And I guess that's wrong of me to consider like graphic novels equate good storytelling. I think that's kind of like the Alan Moore effect for me or something. But Oh, you're an Alan Moore elitist. Not you? elitist. I do like him. But can we get into the Adam West Batman a little bit? There's a few plot details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is from 67, and you mentioned the silliness of the old stuff. This whole thing starts off with literally Mr. Freeze's first crimes are melting an ice rink with his blowtorch and busting up ice dispensers, <laughs> like making them explode. Well, I'm glad they told us that he did that. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. <laughs> you know, that was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, he... He melted an ice rink, apparently, because someone ran out of an ice rink and told the camera that, like, they don't show it. I mean, <laughs> how do you review something like this? You know, it's like, there's so many things to nitpick and they're so fucking stupid. I think the best thing we can do for our audience is just kind of walk them through what happens and specifically, like, any hints we get of Mr. Freeze's origin story, you know? Yeah. Well, he's clearly wearing, like, the jumpsuit, like, the spacesuit style like freezing outfit he has to stay in low temperatures so when he's like out of his evil lair he has to wear that we see that pretty early on yes we see his uh his gun you know the very famous mr freeze gun it's looking better it's cool it's looking way better than the comic the 59 <laughs> yeah things are starting to upgrade you know 
it upgrades and upgrades, and then it goes too far, I think, in Batman and Robin. We got to talk about Batman and Robin at some point as well. It's not on our official list, but yes. (laughs) I mean, I think there's some similarities to this Mr. Freeze and the Batman and Robin Mr. Freeze, right? Because they're so, like, goofy. They're, like, you know, they're jumping around, and they're, like, like, laughing, and one is German in this Adam West series, and then you got the Austrian one. Wow, just like Hitler. (laughs) Austrian and German. (laughs) A, a true evil man, this guy. Yes. Yeah. A strange scene ensues inside Mr. Freeze's super air-conditioned mountain hideout. Ah, revenge. Revenge. I will pin Batman's hide to the walls of City Hall after I've made him the laughingstock of Gotham City. <laughs> I One of the highlights for me is you're talking about Mr. Freeze with a suit. In this 67 iteration... When he's indoors, he has this pretty, there's this pretty cool television effect where it's like he can control with this router. Pretty <laughs> sweet, actually. It's cool. With a router? Is that what Man. it is? What is it? It's a. He's way ahead of his time. He has a router. What is it? It's just a bunch of buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a prop uh, with a bunch of buttons. <laughs> it's like his greatest power and his greatest weakness, you know, all in one device. Uh, he has a layer where it's, you know, they tell us that it has to stay below a certain temperature, basically like not suitable for anyone other than him due to a mishap. Uh, he has to remain in cold temperatures. And in the Adam West version, it's because Batman, I think, accidentally knocked a beaker on his head at some point. Yes, this is the origin story. So let's pick this out a little bit. It, it's again th- through exposition only, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam West with the commissioner is like, oh, man. I fucked that guy up like 10 years ago or something. <laughs> now he's coming back to haunt him, yeah. Or if he wants revenge. I'm not so sure I blame him. It was an accident, Batman. You didn't mean to knock that beaker of instant freeze on him during the fight in his laboratory. The boy wonder is right. He was the culprit, Batman. Experimenting with those devilish instant freeze solutions and for some criminal purpose, undoubtedly. True, Commissioner. Nevertheless, I feel it's my duty not only to catch him, but with all the medical know-how at our command to help that sorry creature back to a normal way of life. But his lair is, um, it's controllable, right? The temperature. He can make sections of it. Like, I think like in like- That's what I'm talking about. Four feet by four feet squares. He can make them 76 degrees instantly. So he does that for his henchmen, you know, so they're in the warmth. But the way it looks, it's like a it's like a very old style effect that's not used anymore. I don't know how to describe it. I wish Steve could help me with this, but it's like it's it's an animated uh, bit of the film frame, I think, right? This is what I was trying to get you to explain earlier. It's very neon colors. So like wherever freezes, there's like a thick cartoonish line through the screen. And then his side is more like cool and blue, and there's even like some fake wind rustling. Yeah, there's like well, there's like some misty, like you know. Yes, and then where his henchmen are on the other side of that black line is like this neon gold orange color. This like the warm part. It's so symmetrical or something. <laughs> something about it is attractive to me. I thought you would like this if Mikey, uh, Money Mikey, was on the pod. I thought he would like this too. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of fascinated about how they pull off the effect because I don't really understand it. And obviously, it's not something that's in practice anymore. Well, most likely. 
Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't really like to see it. There's not a lot I really like enjoy from he don't this original Batman series, <laughs> other than like the comedy, which I think is unintentional sometimes. Did you notice how many guys in uh, blue stocking caps Mister Freeze has when he enters the bank? Oh, uh, is it three? Yes, it is three. They look very Steve Zizu, except they're blue instead of red. Oh, like the, the sailor style outfits? Yes. With like the beanies on and shit? Yeah. Yeah. Part of this whole plot is like Mr. Freeze's plan isn't just to freeze stuff. It's also to create a bunch of decoy Mr. Freeze's and Batman's. I don't see how this fits into his character like at all. I don't get this plot point, Kylo. Do you? Well, chill. How many Batmans have you hired for this afternoon? Uh, five, boss. And Mo, how many of me? Five of you, naturally. Five Batmans? Five of me? This is the beginning of the end of Batmans. <laughs> <laughs> Nippy, give my order to unleash the decoys. Right, boss. Well, they do call him a criminal mastermind, so I think they gotta like have... <laughs> They gotta have him do something that uh, lines up with that description. Yeah. Um, but what are his motivations? So I think he has, I think he has two. One of which is to steal diamonds. That is definitely his fucking thing, right? Ice needs it. He needs the ice. Of course he does. <laughs> you know, it's very in character for him. <laughs> but like the reason they say that he needs it. They're like, you know, it costs a lot of money to like keep his refrigeration system running. So like he has this completely like <laughs> legally paid for villain layer that he has to fund with the diamonds that he steals and I assume sells on the black market. That's one motivation. He's got to hustle or he dies. The other motivation is to get revenge on Batman for uh, putting him in this situation, for making him have to live in below zero temperatures. I feel like the fact you're hammering down on the motivation here is something the writers of the modern things we're going to look at later knew too. <laughs> they changed it completely, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reasoning is... It's it's whatever. It's a, it's a fucking Adam West Batman villain reason, right? It's like, oh, I, I need money just because I need it, you know? Like... <laughs> Who doesn't need money? <laughs> and Batman did this to me. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck him. There is one line though, like, cause he, he wants to like set up these, like these like phases to like strike one strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strike one, strike two, There's strike this gag where a plane, every time like Batman fucks up, a plane writes in the sky, strike one, Batman <laughs> he writes strike one on Batman with like the jet smoke. Yeah, and I, I th my first thought was like he could have saved jet fuel by just writing "Strike One Batman," <laughs> "Strike One Comma Batman." Yes, he doesn't have to add the word "on." Like you know, he didn't really plan that out well. I think so. He's like kind of like messing with Batman, you know. I guess um, bringing Batman in to his crime so that he could like I guess outsmart Batman. But one line he says is really good. He goes. First I toy, then I destroy. <laughs> I will toy with him like cat with mouse. I will lure him right to the scene of the crime. First I toy, then I destroy. 
That was legitimately funny. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, though. I think it's supposed to be intimidating. <laughs> I never know with this shit. I cannot tell what is supposed to be funny and not. I mean, it's an old TV show, so like, it, it, there are things that look like shit. But there's like a, a moment when Commissioner Gordon walks up to the phone and calls Batman. First of all, that goes on too long. He's like, we got to call Batman. And then like walks across the room and then he dials and like he, he picks up the receiver. You know, they have the special bat phone. And it's like so clearly fake that like you can feel how hollow it is when he picks it up because he like moves it to his <laughs> face with a quickness. And those things were heavy. You told me prepod. I was getting bogged down in details lately. What's all I, this? I just got to talk about the things I notice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed that the last act of this it ends with much like in the comic. There is a princess visiting Gotham that has a large diamond. Mr. Freeze, just like in the comic, is snuck in in a refrigerated box by his three henchmen. And that's his method of like sneaking into like this high profile security ridden party. <laughs> Kylo, take us out at the end. Like, how, how do we finish up on this huge cliffhanger from episode seven? Now, I don't know a lot about these old Batman. Uh, shows or episodes but i do know that they often end like this where the heroes appear to be in danger that they cannot possibly escape at the end of the episode appear to be they are my friend <laughs> <laughs> i guess you're right because freeze uh you know he gets the drop on batman and robin and he freezes them solid yeah this this isn't as good as the earlier effect right can we just agree on that yeah, I don't think either of them are really great, but yeah, this one especially. Hey, dude. <laughs> Has Batman struck out? Is Robin cool for good? Can no one save our noble pair of human popsicles? Answers tomorrow night, same time, same channel. One word of warning. By watching, you too can lose your cool. You're going to naysay the whole historical section that only free members get to hear? Like, Patreon members only get to hear you positive. That's bullshit. <laughs> well, what can I say that's positive about this one? Uh, the Batmobile, dude. That Batmobile is fucking sick. I love it. It's so cool. Are you being serious or sarcastic? Yeah, no, I am being serious. I really like that car. That's a sweet Batmobile. I mean, almost every Batmobile is cool in its own way, right? Like they all have like a different look and kind of like a different purpose. I really like this older one though. I mean, it's weird to see him driving it around like in daylight exclusively, but I guess that's kind of what you got to do with the 60s era TV, you know? I guess. This is a thing like I'm not a really big car guy, but my first real cool impression of the Batmobile honestly wasn't until like Robert Pattinson in the Batmobile this year. Like I've never been really impressed with it until then. So that's the last time I've seen it. And then this is the next time I've seen it. I literally didn't even notice it. Like I plays through it. Damn, bro. Is it that cool? Yeah, I mean, I like I like all of them, like I said. They're all, like, unique in their own way. I, I like that one, though. And, you know, the, the freeze gun is, like, a, a cool concept. I think that's... 
you know, probably the main reason this character lasted from that, like, one-off comic, that, you know, singularly contained story, uh, you know, it was carried over to live action because that you can do a lot with that, you know, like freezing people. They do more with it, I think, in the animated series. And uh, they kind of expand the diamond angle in Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes. Because I don't know if you remember Batman and Robin very well. It's a movie I've seen a, a lot of times. But in that one, he steals diamonds too. Now, he doesn't just do it because he's fucking broke and he needs money. In that one, he has a more sophisticated and more 90s looking suit. It's very, you know, very bulky. The Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze suit, you probably remember. But he has to put diamonds into the suit to power it. It's the only thing that powers it. Yeah. So that's his motivation for stealing the diamonds in that iteration anyway. So he like uses up diamonds? Yeah, he uses them up. He has like a bar. (laughs) He has like a meter. Do they turn black? Like what happens to them? I don't know. You never really see him like shit him out or anything. Like you just see him like like dump them in. Could you get those for cheap on the black market? Like a used up <laughs> diamond? <laughs> <laughs> no, it turns him into a moissanite like immediately. <laughs> I was going to say a young man looking to get married might want to look for one of those Mr. Freeze. Talk to Freeze. Yeah. He's got the ice. Oh, God. But you mentioned the old comic like he was Mr. Zero then. Yeah. And he turned into Mr. Freeze. Like, do you think that was a good choice? And also, do you think that's kind of funny that that's like zero is freezing in Celsius? And then in a lot of iterations of freeze, he has like a European accent. Like, zero is freezing, damn it. Not 32. (laughs) I mean, I could see either one of those names being like a longstanding comic book character villain name. Now that I think about it, zero might be a little bit better. Because if you're like telling someone about Batman villains and you say Mr. Freeze, I think they have an idea of what it is, but they probably assume it's like dumb, you know? It'd be like if Joker was called Clown, (laughs) right? (laughs) At Concord Community Schools, there's this thing called like Mr. 100. It's either Mr. 100 or Zero the Hero. I can't remember which it is. But like the principal of the school at Oxbow Elementary, for instance, would come in and be like, oh, it's 100 day. Here's all. Here's 100 Cheerios. Here's 100 Doritos. And it was like trying to count to 100. That's pretty cool, right? School is very different out there. (laughs) I never got my 100 Cheerios. What's going on? I need back pay. (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I have a question for you. I have a question for you real quick, Josh. Before you ask me the question, I want to say that after the question, we're going to get into episode eight of 1967, Adam West Batman. It's called Rats Like Cheese. But yes, Kylo, hit me up. So there's a big action scene kind of like in the center of this episode, of episode seven, that is, Instant Freeze. And it's um, Mr. Freeze has like hired a bunch of, uh, I guess, street thugs to look like Batman and Robin. And he's hired some of himself. So they're all like wearing like accurate costumes to Batman, Robin and Mr. Freeze. And there's a big fight with a big action scene. Big fight. What did you think of that action scene? Hey, the real Batman. Follow me. 
when I was a kid, I loved the action scene. Now, it's not as good. It's not as good. If I have to tell you my true impression of the action scene, every single Batman that walked onto the screen had like a very accurate Batman costume, right? To to like Adam West's costume, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, they're easy to come by, apparently. Were you not looking at their package, comparing, contrasting? <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? No. <laughs> it's so prominent when they walk out. Everything's gray except, like, the freaking cock piece. <laughs> like... Joel Schumacher really took that and ran with it, you know, like the, the cock piece. Uh, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just, I was more thinking about at the time I was watching it, like the choreography and the direction, like what were these actors told to do? Just like run around a lot. Like there, there just seemed to be no clear direction. Like it, it's, it's chaos. It's just one guy like grappling another guy. Like they fall down for no reason and they cover a lot of it up with those big bang pow uh, you know, animated text that you get on screen. Very famous, of course, in Batman, but yes. it's really a, a way to work around bad action, I think. Those those big comic bubbles that come up. <laughs> you know how we both like Ninja Turtles, right? Old school Ninja Turtles. Fuck yeah. Could you not see this being a precursor to like being a th- maybe even three or four or five year old kid watching just fights? And just like having toys that kind of fight. When you are fighting with toys as a kid, you can only fight two guys at a time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a kid, I remember this making sense. Clearly watching it now, it's got the whole syndrome of like, only one guy will fight Batman at a time. And the rest kind of wait in the wing. But do you have any sort of empathy towards like how this could appeal to a child. Yeah, no, I can see that. I guess you're, it's like you're saying, it's just like mashing two toys together, like Billy Madison in the bathtub with the shampoo and the conditioner. <laughs> but like, to yes. me, like, like playing with toys was always different than other kids, which is why I like to play with toys alone when I was a kid. Cause I would just hold a toy in one hand and I would hold a toy in another hand. And everything that happened was in my mind. I would just be holding them, staring at them, deep in thought. And every it's like a movie in my mind. A toy to me was just like an avatar for like, you know, uh, a, a creative imaginary experience. This is the best podcast Spoilers has ever done. <laughs> I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard you say. I freaking adore that. Thank you for that. Midnight in the super hypotherm deisifier chamber mark seven of the Gotham City Hospital. Two lonely figures lie quiet, peaceful, serene. Instant freezing, deadly. Let's segue <laughs> into. The second episode of the 67 series, for some reason, it's called Rats Like Cheese. Do you have any idea why it's called that? I, I have no idea what the fuck is happening in this episode at all, dude, let alone the title. Like, <laughs> this is, it's insanity. <laughs> 
in the previous episode, there's a little bit you see Bruce Wayne and he has to interrupt this conversation with some prominent baseball players to take the bat phone call. And it's like a one-off bit. But in this follow-up episode, baseball is like the first third of the episode, seemingly. The princess throws out the first pitch. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> we're telling you all this just so you don't have to go back and watch all this stuff. Just listen It's it's it. like B-roll of a baseball game. Yes. Like <laughs> It looks so different than everything else that's happening with like all the uh, named actors and everything they filmed for this episode. Like it's so starkly different, right? Like the camera quality degrades like four times when it cuts to actual baseball game activities. It's funny. Well, I'm I'm sure I can't pitch like your great Paul Diamante, but well, I do have a few curves. <laughs> Yeah, but like, I guess maybe before we hit on that, the last episode talked about them getting frozen. Yeah, dude. How the fuck can they possibly get unfrozen? There's no way they could possibly be unfrozen. But how do they get unfrozen, Kyla? Oh, easy. They just go to the hospital and the doctor and freezes them. (laughs) (laughs) That doctor is pissed. (laughs) I was like, that's it? Wow. I was like, I thought there was going to be some like special like bat ray or like a fucking bat heater. Nope. Or a something that's uniquely specific to the heroes, but it's not. It's just the local doctor is like, all right, I'm going to unfreeze him. And he like turns up the temperature. You see the thermometer, you know, the temperature rises and they like, they're, they're unfrozen. It's like, oh shit, nice and easy. This episode of a television show, <laughs> it has honestly some of the least content like, there's nothing in this, really. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, they blew their load on the first one. Not that I think the first one was exceptionally good, but it's better than, like, really, like, nothing happening, which is, like, a lot of this episode. <laughs> I only have a couple of notes, so I hope that's okay. Yeah. That baseball player that was in the first episode gets, like, tied up in a helicopter. So, just check that off the, the notes list. <laughs> Tick. Um, Wait, this, real quick. You know that baseball player? Uh, he's no. he's famous, right? It, no, they said I, um, Sandy Koufax. No. Is that actually who that is? I don't know if it's actually him, but that's the name they said in the first episode. I know Sandy Koufax. I was under the impression this was just like a random Gotham baseball player that was fake. Oh, not the Sandy Koufax. It's Gotham Sandy Koufax. He doesn't have a great batting average. He's... <laughs> If this is actually Sandy Koufax in Batman, I'm going to be kicking myself and I'll have a couple of my Northern Indiana friends beating my ass later, probably. (laughs) Did he play for your guys' team or something? No, but like you should know a historical baseball player of that status when you see him, I feel like. And I did not. Not me, man. I, I, I would not be able to recognize him. I'm sorry. Paul, Drew, Tim. Sorry, man. Brett, I'm sorry. Anyway, the second half of this whole thing is all in Mr. Freeze's apartment where he's got that little effect going where some places can be hot and cold. And Kylo, just go ahead and take us to the end of this two-part episode. Yeah. Well, Batman is stuck, right? Because Freeze has him captured. Again. Again. Because Batman, is he's a man of honor. 
He turns himself in in like a prisoner exchange scenario for the famous baseball player. Do you remember Batman's reasoning for that, Josh? He gave him his word. He gave him his word, but like, (laughs) why does this baseball player need to be free and Batman needs to be captured? Like, Oh, because a baseball player is like a hero for kids. You're Batman, bitch. Like, you're the motherfucking hero that kids need to have around. Like, (laughs) But also meta... Being meta about it, Adam West and Batman have stood the test of time where Sandy Colfax, neither of us recognize him. It could or could not be this. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't pick him in a lineup. That's yeah. (laughs) So Batman's on the warm side of the room, which is red. Mr. Freeze is on the cold side of the room. I guess it's tinted blue a little bit, but it has like the smoky effect to let you know that it's cold on that side of the room. Uh, Batman rushes Mr. Freeze in the cold side, I think three or four times, right? He's like, <laughs> he's like, fuck this. I'm just going to go over there and try to fight him. Uh, he fails most of the time, but uh, in the end, he is able to get through to him because I think he took some kind of like specialized medication that he concocted in the Batcave that allows him to withstand the freezing temperature temporarily or something to that effect. Wrong. Although that was the Chekhov's gun that they laid in the first episode, he would take a pill that could help him survive the thermal temperatures. <laughs> what actually happens is he says he was wearing like super thick long johns, like underwear. That's right. It was a fucking fake out. I forgot about that. Yeah. I've been wearing long johns the whole time, sir. No, I even wrote it down. Thermal be long underwear. Yes. That's it, man. It wins him the day. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of appropriate for this series. It's like something like that. It's like, oh, he just had like cold resistant panties on. All right. You know, there's always like um, an easy out, I think, in these unescapable Batman uh, captured situations, which you see in the old series a lot. Say cheese. Oh, get hip. Not cheese. Mr. Freeze. (laughs) But Batman's free and safe. Mr. Freeze doesn't get anybody else. We hit on his origin story. There's just one more thing I want to hit on with this plot of both episodes, Kylo. Did you pick up on any sexual elements from the 67 Batman? I was waiting for some, you know, because like the joke is that like Batman and Robin are gay and that's kind of been parodied a lot. There's a animated movie that came out, I think, in 2016. I don't remember the exact name. I want to say it's The Brave and the Bold, but that's probably a different one. But it's meant to be like the 60s era Batman. And it's actually voiced by Adam West before he died. And then um, the other guy, Burt Ward, I think is his name. And it's really good. It's really funny. It's just like nonstop their gay jokes. And it had me fucking dying. It was in theaters for one day. And I was literally the only person in the theater that went to see it. It was great. I was looking for those kind of innuendos in this, in these two episodes. I didn't catch as many as I thought I would. I thought it would be more prevalent and I just figured, okay, it's probably like in more episodes. And you know, there's like the ambiguously gay duo from SNL back in the day. That's kind of like uh, a knock on the 60s era Batman. I mean, it's something that comes up kind of a lot, I think, in pop culture. Have you watched The Boys yet? No. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something from the fucking boys, which is like one of the best shows that has come out this year, season three. Uh, There's something called Herogasm, 
which is a big orgy that all like the soups have. They're all not necessarily all heroes, but all the super powered individuals. And there's one dude fucking another dude. And they are definitely meant to be Batman and Robin. 100%. (laughs) Is that a bad thing? It's hilarious. I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, but it's it's funny. That whole show is really funny and meta and cool and edgy. I love it. Why? Did you pick up on some of the gay stuff? No, it wasn't that. It was just purely sexual stuff that I picked up on. I think there's early stuff where the baseball players are hanging out and Batman's excuse to go answer the bat phone and get away from them is like, oh, haha, I've got a girl on the phone. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we're the hell out of here. Like, we know what you got to do. Mm. The Bruce uh, Wayne playboy kind of. Yeah. Seems I have an impatient date waiting, gentlemen. Well, what are you waiting for? Hey, wants to keep the young lady waiting. Or the lady's younger sister. But yeah, and like, uh, just like some, and I feel like the way you went into this was like way more interesting than what I was thinking. But there's just like some more stuff with like the baseball player being like with the princess at the end. Like maybe the princess is kind of like bouncing around between like rich influential dudes in Gotham. Yeah, maybe. And plus she was like hitting on like saying she wanted a piece of Batman kind of earlier in the episode too. Right. Well, just be thankful that my servant and those two simply magnificent creatures, Batman and Robin, are still alive. I'd give anything to meet them someday. Socially, of course. Perhaps you may. Someday. Just enough that I would have been completely blind to it as a kid, but I found it kind of interesting as an adult to see this, like, in that old of media, I guess. Yeah, at least it wasn't too, like, weird and, like, rapey, like some of these, like, old pieces of media tend to be. Bruce! Oh, you old stick in the mud. Off to a silly board meeting in the middle of a baseball game. How could you? Work before pleasure, princess. So I think that takes us to the very end of Instant Freeze and Rats Like Cheese, episode seven and eight of season one of Adam West's Batman. Would you like to give a yes or no to these two episodes combined? I can do that, yeah. These two episodes, seven and eight, season one, Batman... 66 is what I call it, but you said these came out in 67. I've always called it Batman 66. I'm going to give him a no. This is not the kind of thing I'd like to rewatch. Like, it's fun to riff on, and it's kind of, like, uh, interesting to see, like, the kind of, like, old-style TV and, like, what kids were into back then, because I'm pretty sure this is, like, oriented towards kids. But, like, I was was off-put right away, Josh, by, like, the way it was filmed, even. Like, how many fucking Dutch angles are there in episode seven? Like, in the be- in the first ten minutes? Like, it's really irritating. I don't like a Dutch angle. So, that was a problem. But some of the puns and stuff, which... My wife's Dutch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some of the puns and stuff were kind of funny from Mr. Freeze. You know, they weren't, like, overdone excessively like Joel Schumacher did, where every single line that Mr. Freeze says is an ice pun. But, like... When uh, when he shows up in that freezer box and the princess is like, oh, what kind of meat is this? And he pops out and he's like, it's cold cuts. <laughs> like that. That's pretty funny. Like, <laughs> It's intimidating. You mean? <laughs> yeah, it's super intimidating. 
Like, I would be scared shitless if I was in her position, man. Like, fucking cold cuts. Who the fuck is this guy? But uh, I don't really enjoy this show just to like watch on a for my own viewing pleasure necessarily. Not that it's without any merit whatsoever. Like, you know, it has its own charm. It has its place in history. It kind of is what it is. And for that, it's cool. So that was a solid no then. Is it a Vigo no or? That's just a no, man. Okay. Well. As Commissioner Gordon said in episode two of this, uh, Rats Like Cheese, when he was looking at Batman and Robin frozen in the hospital, what he said about the dynamic duo is the same way I feel about these two episodes. They are two magnificent specimens of manhood. Two magnificent... Did he really say that? It will be a long and worrisome vigil, I fear. Two such magnificent specimens of manhood. Yeah, and he like hits his head against the glass. Gordon's got a crush or two, yeah. huh? Maybe that was an answer to your earlier sexuality question. And I yeah, kind of beefed There's it. something there. But it's a no. These were fun for me as a kid, but I recognize they just really don't hold up. If you have never watched any Batman media and you want to deep dive into it, I would say go ahead and start here. It's kind of like amusing and then it'll blow your mind when you get to like actual good storytelling later. But Corey, it's a no dog. Um, And that's our yes or no, which is kind of the end of the free section of the pod, right? Right as we come upon an hour. I feel like this is about right, don't you? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the animated Batman series, specifically the episode Heart of Ice for the patrons. So if you want to listen to that, and I'm sure we'll talk about some uh, new era Mr. Freeze comics, right? Specifically for Snow. Night of Owls. But if you want to listen to that, sign up for the Patreon and check it out. Let's battle to see who will toss to Spoiler Man or who will toss to the Patreon section of the episode. Is that okay? I'm going to give you a trivia true or false and if you're right you get to toss does that make sense yeah it's not really true or false but here's the question kind of heavy okay but your favorite batman villain was the joker was heath ledger over or under 29 years old when he perished sadly i'm gonna say he was over Heath Ledger was 28. Ooh, so young. So young. Honestly, that's pretty sad. But that's a note that I feel pretty comfortable leaving the free section listeners on. <laughs> so if you'd like to get cheered up, it's really cheap. It's like $1.99 or something. Listen, I hope this has been a fun episode learning some history of Mr. Freeze. Mr. Zero, learning about his petty and major crimes. But we'll get some of the modern stuff in a little bit for Patreon members. But for everyone else, goodbye. Thanks for listening. And go ahead and take it away, Spoiler Man. Special thank you to our patrons. Nick. Holy snowball! 
Brother Brian. Shades of Sandy Koufax. Matt Troll. You didn't mean to knock that beaker of instant freeze on him during the fight in his laboratory. The Meg. We can expect a crime wave. David. We'll use our anti-crime computer in the Batcave. Davey Holy blizzard. Who needs iced tea at a time like this, Alfred? Nurse Stacy. You sure are spreading yourself pretty thin. Barky 420. Holy schizophrenia. The Wolf. Ow! Baked Alaska. Druid King. If only I could have landed one punch in the real Mr. Freeze. Think positive, Robin. Our computer should clue us in on where he's liable to strike next. Please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Zero is maximum. Failed again. That was spoilers. Kylo. Yes. Do you want to jump right in? Yeah, bring us in however you want, man. <clears throat> Let me. I'm trying to get my uh, notes for that comic in the right place. Okay, here we go. I did handwritten notes tonight. Like some sort of pappy or something. Huge mistake. I usually do handwritten. Uh, it's tough. And we're back for Patreon members. That is yeah. only. Let's talk about more modern Batman. We're going to cross the threshold from the 60, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and all the way into the 90s with Batman, the animated series. 1992 Heart of Ice. This thing won awards, right? This is just a little cartoon. It won awards? Yeah, dude. This, I mean, a few episodes of the animated series in the 90s won Emmys. This is one of them. I think it's one of the early uh, Emmy winners. It won a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing in an Animated Program. So I think it, it beat out Tiny Toon Adventures that year. 